Somebody's been practicing, right? Holy smokes, Mikey, you're awesome. I love that. That's such an encouraging. Uh, remember last year at this time, I was out on that roof sweating? Yes. I did too. Uh, I've already changed my shirt three times today, so that doesn't solve that problem. I'm a sweater. Uh, and if it's too cold for anybody, put a jacket on, please, because this is a large man and he likes to sweat, okay? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, today is August 15th. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. This is Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I'm really glad you're here. I'm really glad I'm here. I'm really glad to be in this space, and I'm excited to hear what God has for us and worship with everybody here. I got a couple announcements. Uh, first is the jams coming up on Tuesday. It's the first and third Tuesday. Uh, we meet in the choir room, I think. Until the choir takes the choir room back, and we'll meet in here, or we'll be we'll meet wherever we can. Um, and these flowers, these flowers, yeah, uh, we did a memorial service yesterday. We had a memorial service yesterday for Nora Lusk, uh, the last of the charter members of this local outpost of God's kingdom, is now dancing on streets of gold with no more, no more, no more tears. No more pain, no more sorrow. And it was quite a festivity. I don't know. Uh, it was, it was uh, glory be to God. But um, her legacy lives on, and I'm grateful to be a part of this story. Um, any other announcements? Like a... Jane. Jane Warner. Yeah, Jane Warner passed and is now dancing on streets of gold. Do we have any uh, news on when... Memorial service yet to be scheduled. Uh, I visited her on Tuesday. She passed uh, gently on Wednesday, holding Cindy's hand, her daughter. Um, Yeah, a lot of loss this week. Um, But nothing like loss to give you some perspective, right? We're not promised tomorrow. And um, let's love each other and love God with everything we've got. Amen? I got a call to worship for us, and would you please stand? And actually, look to your right and look to your left and make sure you see somebody and really see them. This is the church, the people, right? This is our call to worship comes from Psalm 111, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Shout hallelujah to the Yahweh. May every one of his devoted lovers hear my compassionate praise to him, even among the council of the holy ones. For God's mighty miracles astound me. His wonders are so delightful and mysterious that they leave all who seek them astonished. Everything he does is full of splendor and beauty. Each miracle demonstrates his eternal perfection. His wonderful works of surpassing wonder reveal his grace and his tender mercy. He satisfies all who love and trust him. And he keeps every promise. Let's praise the Lord in spirit and truth this morning.
You may be seated. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption by Christ Jesus our Lord. Standing on that unwavering promise, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor together. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from the past that we cannot change. Open us to a future in which can be changed. And grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. God did not send his Son to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen.
Oh, praise Him. I 
Hallelujah, right? Praise Yahweh. All right, um, we're in Esther, and I got a couple things before the text, uh, before we start reading the Bible. Esther, remember, uh, only book of the Bible, God's name isn't mentioned. Real narrative, like uh, there's not really much expressly said. You, It's like you have to, whoever wrote it was asking the question, I don't need to, like, how can I tell this story without being overt? I want to teach lessons about character, not by defining character and spelling out what good character is, but instead, write a good character and watch what he or she does. Do you follow? And it's, it's very much by itself in the Bible like in this, in this way. And so all, most of the lessons are learned behind the text, are learned by getting to know the characters and understanding the story. And then the lessons come forth. So it's, it's I don't know, for me, it's refreshing to, to, to preach on such a unique and... Uh, Beautiful, you know, poetic writing style. And so far we've learned that it begins R-rated. You remember the first, the first sermon was, uh, this is, has an R-rated beginning. Most pastors skip over the first chapter because there's all kinds of risque stuff mentioned. And then last week I talked about how it te- the text transformed. So it has an R-rated beginning, and then we meet our key characters, Mordecai and Esther, and the story shifts. And the lessons start popping out. And then another thing you need to know before I read this text, sorry, it's a lot of intro, but there's a lot happening in this story, is there's a, there's a couple guys that want to kill the king, and one is Bigthan, and one is Teresh. And Mordecai finds out about it and through Esther thwarts their plan. And they end up dying for wanting to kill the king. Today we meet our enemy. Today we meet the bad guy. Um, And so open your Bibles or read on the screen with me. Esther 3. I'm going to start in verse 5. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow down or do obeisance to him, Haman was infuriated. But he thought it beneath him to lay, his, to lay hands on Mordecai alone. So having been told who Mordecai's people were, Haman plotted to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. In the first month, which is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast Pur, which means the lot, before Haman, Haman for the day and for the month, and the lot fell on the twelfth day of the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar. 
Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered and separated among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdoms. Kingdom. Their laws are different from those of every other people. And they do not keep the king's laws, so that is not appropriate for the king to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued for their destruction, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who have charge of the king's business, so that they may be put they may put it into the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring with his hand and gave it to Haman, son of Hamadabrath, the agitite, the enemy of the Jews. The king said to Haman, the money is given to you and the people as well to do with them as it seems to you. This is the word of the Lord. Watching a movie with me is annoying. <laughs> Uh, and it's especially annoying because if, if you're family, because I love to irritate my children and I love to like uh, just um, do little things like uh, one of them is if we saw a movie Geostorm. Have you ever seen that movie Geostorm? It's just an action movie about a Geostorm. And I said, you know what should happen all the time in this movie as the movie started is they should say that name every once in a while. Geostorm. It should be whispered every once in a while, Geostorm. You know, like after a key character, the, the, the kids are looking, rolling their eyes, saying, Dad, that's the dumbest idea. Uh, and I do it all the time, if it's, especially if it's a, like an action movie with like a one-name syllable, like a core, the core. You ever see the movie The Core? They should have had that all over that movie. The Core. Anyway, is anybody, in, uh, anybody awake? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. I, I'm going to swing around to a point. That's what, that's what I do, right? you got to hang with me. Uh, and another one that I love to do the most is if there's a love story, I say, that's how me and your mom met. <laughs> you know? And especially with Han Solo, you know, I know. That's how me and your mom met. You know, like if anybody's seen the Star Wars trilogies. Um, another one I often do when it's obvious who the bad guy is, I go, is that the bad guy? <laughs> is that the bad guy? Yeah, Dad, obviously. He just killed a guy. You know, like they get really mad. That, uh, this is the bad guy. Haman shows up and he's the bad guy. And if I'm, acti- if I'm listening to this story with my family and I'm trying to irritate them, I say, do you think this Haman guy's a bad guy? And they're obviously saying yes. Absolutely. He shows up the, on the scene and the first thought is, I don't want to lay hands on Mordecai. I want to do more damage than that. What does it mean to lay hands on somebody? That's an old bar brawl term, you know? That's probably the first time it's ever been used. I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to mess you up. Haman shows up and he wants to beat Mordecai up. And then he says, that's not good enough. I want to ruin the whole all of his people's lives. We get this, Haman right out of the gate is a very, very bad dude. Um, Ann Patchett, in her book, um, what's the name of that book? 
Oh, this is the story of a happy marriage. It's a collection of her essays. And in one of her essays, she's talking about how she became a writer and what she, what she does to perfect her craft of writing. And she says in that article, um, I actually learn from people making mistakes more than any other way of learning. I read poorly written things, and that teaches me how to write well. We can learn from our mistakes, from others' mistakes, and we can learn from this bad guy, Haman. What makes him evil? First, we find out he, can, he, can, he has enough money to throw the party himself. So we, we find out he's wealthy. Not necessarily saying evil people, all wealthy people are evil. But maybe underneath that story, there's a, a love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, right? What Jesus is talking about. Maybe there's a greed under there. We definitely see there's a power hunger. N.T. Wright says humans' problems, the problem with humanity isn't sin. The problem with humanity is idolatry, which is a sin. But it goes even deeper than sin. Making yourself God. That's, That's the curse from the garden. According to N.T. Wright, and I, I, I agree with that. Um, there have been moments in my life where I have looked in the mirror and I have seen Haman. I have seen, I want to be on top. I want everyone else lower than me. I want to win this game. So the the question that comes out from underneath the first one is, who's your God? Who do you serve? That's a deep place to go, right? We need some hope. Notice, um, I talked last week about how Esther behind the scenes was good. This time we see Mordecai behind the scenes, good. But at the end of the story, or at the end of the text we've read so far um, this morning, it looks like Haman's going to win everything, right? The king says, hey, go and do it. Go throw this party. Where's the hope? Where's the hope in this text? I couldn't cheat and say, you got to 
show up to next week because <laughs> the hope's coming. But there is a smidgen of hope in this text right here. And it happens when you do theology. We learn from Haman what it is to be evil. It's to be power hungry. It's to be greedy. It's to want to have everyone below you. It not only wants to win, it wants to sweep out the legs of anyone competing against you. That's where idolatry, that's where our sin of making ourselves our own gods puts us. And if you're like me, you're petrified of that. I do not want that. You learn from Mordecai that the behind-the-scenes good work is worth doing even when it's not thanked. Even when it's not noticed. And before I teach us about what we learn about God, but when I first, I just want to throw in a story to just encourage my brother that he plays every instrument amazing, by the way, right? When I first showed up, one of my first staff meetings, Cornell says to me, I do not play the piano. Do you remember that? You said, I do not play the piano. That's why we have Danny. <laughs> Memorial service yesterday, he's playing the piano. I thought angels were going to lift this place off the ground. This dude plays the piano. Philip, there's every, every single week there's something that, there, that is thrown at us as a technological hurdle that could quite possibly not, like, make this service not happen. Every week he's problem solving something that we don't see. Behind the scenes, doing good. It matters. So if you're learning from that, yeah, anyway, that's enough on that. I'll come back to that for application. What do we learn about God? Does anybody know what Jewish festival comes out of Esther? Purim. Boom. Lynn Redman, you get a Mazda Miata. Talk to Steve Byrne after the service. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> he doesn't have a Mazda for you. Uh, that'd be a fun conversation, though. Anyway, uh, Purim. Hebrew word pur. What's pur? We learned about it in this text. Lots. It's clay dice. It's clay dice. That the most evil dude, I, one of the most evil dudes we've met in all of the Bible up to this point, he rolls purr to determine when this festival that's going to happen later in this book is going to happen. He rolls the dice in names Purim. A Jewish festival that still goes on. You want to talk about sovereignty. You want to talk about God using even the most evil and darkest matter to, to redeem, like redeem it and make it into something beautiful. Read verse 8 of chapter 3 of, East, of Esther. I call it Easter for a second. Of Esther. 
The enemy rolls the dice, and that dice becomes the name of the celebration of the turnaround, the switch around. You, you do really have to come back for the next couple of weeks because you're, if you've never read this book of Esther, there's no way you could guess this. This is a plot twist that out plot twists anything. Applications. I'll start with um, do you bow to God alone? Do you worship God alone? And that's one of those things you let that ring throughout this week. Every once in a while, have that question pop in your head. Am I bowing to God now? Is there a challenge from Haman to you? Oh, I forgot to mention one of the things that made him evil is he hates that they're different. Notice that in verse 8, they do things differently. Is there something you're opposed of just because it's different? Different doesn't mean evil. Quite often it means inviting God for new wineskins. For new beautiful expressions. Are you opposed to something in your life right now just because it's different? Have you talked to God about that? Do you want power? Are you in a rut of playing in the world's game? Do you need to be released this morning? If so, make sure you talk to somebody. Me, Sharon, Amy, any deacon. Or do you need to draw encouragement? From this text. And I happen to know there's a bunch of this category in this room. It seems like the world's winning. It seems like you should just throw in the towel and stop doing this good thing because it's not making a difference. Hold on. God's sovereignty is in the midst of that. He's naming something beautiful in the midst of your mess. And last but not least, come back for the next couple weeks. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the truth that you are sovereign. You are in control. Um, I pray that You'd help us all search our hearts and see where we can put ourselves lower and put you higher in our lives. Continue to use us. Continue to encourage us. And those of us that are in this room that are doing good behind closed doors, behind the scenes, and it seems like the enemy is winning, give us your spirit. Give us your spirit in abundance. Give us hope. And all God's people said...
Amen. Do we have a hymn and then the offering? Okay. Please be seated. And once again, Holy Spirit and Sharon Yagerliner show up. Isn't that the perfect hymn? Part of my job is to just point out where God's at work. That's, a, that's an A-plus easy one. That's a home run. God picked out that song right there. Have your way with us, God. Um, and I just realized we had a discussion in our leadership team meeting, and we never talked to any deacons. It's all set. She took care of it. Everybody, round of applause, please, for Sharon Yagelin. Awesome. I thought that was on my bad. Okay, Sharon took it. All right, uh, what are we doing? We're calling for the offering and the tithes. And those of you that are listening on the podcast, um, thank you. Thank you very much. And those of you that are here, I also once again say thank you. Um, God continues to provide over and over uh, through your faithfulness, and through your generosity. If you're at home, please send your tithes and your offerings uh, to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here, uh, leave them in the offering plates on the way out. Uh, This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
soul I yearn to follow God But knew I'd never be so strong I looked hard at this world to see how I would face forever running but losing the race were it not for grace so here is all my praise expressed with all my heart offered to the friend who took my place and ran the course I couldn't even start and when he saw in full just how Between me and heaven, so I would not be lost. Were it not for grace, I can tell you where I'd be wandering down some.
may be seated. When Paul wrote to the Philippians, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Now let us go to God in prayer. As God's people called to love one another, let us pray for the needs of the church, the whole human family, and all the world. Amid the babble of human noise, help us to be still so that we can hear you speak to us. We pray for the church set in the world to show how people belong together and how your gifts are to be given and shared. Break down barriers that divide that we may come together in unity and common ministry. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love that our voices may speak your praises and our lives may conform to the image of your Son. O God, we know how you love justice and how the disunity in our world must grieve you. We pray for the world around us. We pray for the country of Afghanistan as the Taliban increases their control throughout that country. We pray for the safety of American personnel as they evacuate. We pray for your intervention in this rapidly declining situation. Protect the innocent, we pray. We pray for the country of Haiti, which suffered a devastating earthquake yesterday, and for the hundreds of lives that are lost and missing and they're still facing the threat of a major tropical storm headed toward them. We ask for aid for the people as they desperately try to rescue victims. We pray for those who suffer. Surround them with your love. Support them with your strength. Console them with your comfort. And give them hope and courage beyond themselves. We pray for Phyllis Smith. Maybe she, may she be aware of the loved ones who surround her. And we pray for her comfort and renewed strength. Uphold all who suffer in body or mind, that they may know the peace and joy of your supporting care. As you come to us in love, so lead us to be present with them in their suffering. God of compassion, we ask your healing touch on the many who are suffering from this newest outbreak of COVID. Be with caregivers and encourage families who are caring for the sick. Protect us, we pray. Many children will be returning to school in the next two weeks. Go with them and protect them from all ills. We give thanks, O oh God, for your servant, Jane Werner, who fought the good fight, finished her race, and kept the faith, 
and now rests in the arms of her Lord. We pray now for her family as they grieve her absence here. May they feel your presence strengthening them and sustaining them through these days. May they know your perfect peace. We pray for the family of Nora Lusk, whose services were held yesterday. Console her family with the hope of the resurrection and surround them with your love and peace. May we all look forward with glad hearts to that happy reunion and joyful feast when all your people will be gathered in your kingdom to live with you in peace and joy. Accept the fervent prayers of your people, O God. In your great mercy, look with compassion on us and all who turn to you for help, for you are gracious. To you we give glory now and forever through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand for our closing hymn. And it's God be with you till we meet again. And I kind of want you to just think of that as blessing one another as we leave this place today.
God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.